This episode is sponsored by Jackbox Games. Get five hilarious party games in the Jackbox Party Pack from the creators of You Don't Know Jack. Now on Xbox One, PS3, PS4, Steam, and more. Go to jackboxgames.com for more info. Coming up this weekend, the official kickoff to Gigas County's Summer Fun Fitness Festival, the Running with the Devil 6.66K. Show your civic pride and be the envy of your slothful neighbors by unleashing your wrath on the race course, letting a healthy lust for fitness take over and being a glutton for racing punishment. No need to be greedy. There's plenty of race swag for everyone. Can you run faster than our Dark Master? The Running with the Devil 6.66K. Pick up your race package at the Gigas County Park and Heck office. And while you're there, don't forget to pick up your raffle tickets. Saturday's the drawing for locally crafted Lucifer furniture. And after you've crossed the finish line, don't forget to refuel at our vegan buffet featuring tofu, tempeh, and Satan. Hosted in the Swedish hospitality tent. This Saturday, running with the devil, 6.66k, run like hell. And now listen your ears off. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Is that, did, did that, did do's, that, who's that thema- thematically? <laughs> did, did, did you making entertainment? Right? I, I actually think we should put this on. Oh, I think we should. Of course, we'd get a lot of hate. Get a lot Good. of hate. Because you know what? It's uh, impugning our, uh, our constitutionally protected rights. If they're hating Satan... Not allowed to do that. I ain't waiting. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hello. I'm David Flora. I am David Stacco. Welcome to the only podcast who regularly is running with the devil. <laughs> That's right. Oh, giving all praise to our dark master, the father of lies, the many-handed one. Let's hear it for the soul shader, the heart blighter, the witherer of hope. Wow. This is, this is good. David Flora. He's been the devil the whole time. Hey, guys. Well, hold on there. That's a, that's oh, a copyrighted no. behavior there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Blurry Photos. Uh, we're uh, in a good mood. Uh, mostly because we've got a shitty episode for you. Yep. Oh, it's about time. It's about time we just sucked it up. Oh, man. Pooped it out and Turn right it into off. your ears. <laughs> Yes, we are finally getting to uh, another listener suggestion that's yes. uh, pretty interesting, and um, I think you're I think you'll like it, even yeah. though uh, we're we're not promising much uh, uh, <laughs> like like we usually do. I like that. I don't know. No, I thought I'd switch I, I think it up. it's going to be a fun episode. Still, <laughs> uh, it's 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 kind of this is more of a set him up and knock him down. However, this is the first episode we've ever done about Dibble babble, <laughs> Dibble babble, Dibble babble. Don't don't read it. It's even worse than Leviticus. <laughs> Dibble babble. That is right. We are going to be talking about the Codex Gigas. The Codex Gigas. I will not stop making this voice for the whole episode. We're giving everybody ample opportunity to just shut yeah. shut us down right no, now. No, you know what? You think that, but before you choose another podcast, I challenge you. To sit through this one. Yeah. Because that's the mood I'm in. All right. Um, before we get into the episode proper, and we won't delay it too long, but I do want to point out that we are finalists in the podcast awards. Oh, yeah. In the science and medicine category. Yep. 
you know, for all the times that we cover medicine, like five science episodes. So <laughs> what am I doing? This is what I'm talking about. You, um, <laughs> we we're not up against Neil deGrasse Tyson this time. Well, that's because we beat his ass last time. But we are prove up against, me wrong, Internet. We are up against some good, uh, some good podcast. Well, you know, sure they're they're good in in their own way. Yeah, but I'm sure um, they're great. We're obviously the uh, the, the better ones, the and we yeah, we're the best. We're the only ones with the balls to do whatever we feel like. But everyone else is all like, mm, we have research in a format, and I'm all like. Pfft. To prove that we are the best, we need your help. Yeah. We need you to go vote on podcastawards.com every day. Every damn day. Until June 12th. Then stop. You can vote once per day per email address. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My whole family we'll is see. doing it. Did you know that? I, I, I appreciate that. Myself included. Yeah. Which was a hell of a trick in the last 24 hours, but I've pulled it off. It's tougher to remember to do than, than you'd think. Yeah. But uh, I don't want to be that podcast that sends out Facebook and Twitters and stuff that is like, Hey, have you voted? Hey, vote, oh, go vote for you us. Don't, you hey. don't have to worry about that. Cause since I don't know how Facebook works, I keep posting to blurry photos page when I, when I'm trying to put it on my private page. Yeah. But you're an admin to us. You're so right. It so shows I, up. It, I keep reposting the same thing to our feed. And, and then I, I get these really gentle texts from Flora. Like, Hey, Hey man, maybe, Maybe you should just stop trying for a little while today because really. <laughs> no, no. I say, I think I said st- try it from scratch yeah. or something like that. But yeah, you might want to just invent this entirely because you're not going to be able I to I don't want it. you to stop. I, I, I love that you're promoting it. So uh, yeah, please go vote for us. We're in the science and, and medicine category. First one on the list. Just yep. put a little little bink on the dot and go down. You put in your, your name, email address and hit submit and yep. boom. And then you're done. Well, you have to verify the vote, Bleh. but that's that's Word. one click. So, anyways, uh, yeah. please uh, please help us win win this award. We're gonna win it. it. It's nice to be a finalist again. We are in it to win it. Second year in a row. Do I we, mean, we are the eternal bridesmaids. Do we know? Speaking of which, do we know if we're still on the Parsecs list? We are. We we need to get our entry to them. Oh, so we have been nominated. Okay. Uh, but we won't know if we're finalists for Parsecs for a do, while. Do you know why it's worth it to make sure that we're in there? So that we don't win it. No. So that we get to record our victory speech. It's so worth it. It is maybe one of my favorite things we do every year. And we do it every year. This will be our fifth f***ing time. No, fourth. Fourth. Yeah, fourth. Because yeah, last year we, we were yeah. uh, uh emblazoned into the, yep. the bridesmaid hall of fame yep three and three at three and out so you do do your your civic duty yep uh have fun stay safe. Dro- drop us some love we'll get to more stuff at the end of this episode mm-hmm. like what to do with patreon and and audible and all that stuff and oh i'm sorry did someone uh become a champion of the miscrypted contest oh <gasps> I believe they did. Oh. And I believe you'll get to hear who was is, crowned. Yes, there is a coronation in our episode. Yep, at the end of this episode. So, stick it out with us. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, stick you're Stick it out, l- then put it right back in. Okay. Uh, you, okay, we have fun. Uh, <laughs> going to have a good time. Going to learn some stuff about the Codex Gigas. Gigas! Uh, Dave. <laughs> yes. Let, let's uh, Let's get into this. I'm going to look at my show notes. 
into this Cascadex Gigas. At first, I thought he was kidding. <laughs> and so did you. Yeah. Um, uh, one other last editorial note. I, um, I started moving uh, out of the city of Chicago and into the city oh, of Iowa this weekend. Are you weekend. launching this taco rocket? Well, no, people just, don't know yet. Yeah, they do. Mm-mm. They don't? Nope. Oh, I'm moving away. Rocket <laughs> launched. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm moving away, uh, which will uh, not affect the podcast. I don't think much at all. Yeah, I, my, my fiance matched for her medical residency in Iowa, so I'm, I'm moving to Iowa. I got a house there now. I, I have not slept a lot in the last 48 hours. That's been a lot of driving and, and, and moving lifting. and heavy lifting. Uh, I didn't sleep a lot the night before I had uh, Flora and, and uh, his fiance over and a bunch of friends because it was Mayfest in my neighborhood. So there was, it's just been crazy. So that's why I'm extra weird today. Uh, for the record, like I can't stress this enough. Like Flora and I have actually worked out a long time ago because uh, both of our, our lives always have the, the possibility of moving somewhere. And so, uh, we've, we've done a, as, as you guys have noticed, we've done a couple of experiments with recording in different places. Yeah. Um, even when it was not our plan to, like we did the, uh, the live chat last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that worked out great. So, um, HP Lovecraft, yep. The HP Lovecraft uh, episode, we've got tons of stuff. I mean, you might even have noticed in the, uh, uh, last miscrypted contest that a portion of that was done via telephone. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of working the kinks out, but do not think that this podcast is going to even miss a single episode. Right. Right. Um, we've got it all worked out. So, uh, and not to mention, I kind of expect to be back in Chicago. I'm not moving so far away that I can't be back at least once a month, you know, like we've got yeah stuff to do. And so anyway, we so- could, yeah, I mean. Well, uh, we it, we can get into some of that stuff in a, at a later date, but um, yeah, if I got any listeners in Iowa City, yeah, hit me up. I don't know anybody in that town that I'm not going to be related to soon. So <laughs> don't worry, Chicago Podcast Co-op, yeah. we will still be broadcasting from the city of Chicago. Yes, yeah, everything will be running through here. Don't change the address <laughs> those checks get sent to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sorry, boy. You well, know, yeah. There you go. Well, you you've told so many people. You probably thought that. Exactly. I, I'm just so used to it being a thing, but yeah. So that's why I'm extra weird. And so enjoy that. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, will you enjoy that Flora? Let's, let's talk about, uh, I don't think you will. Dibble babble. Um, Dibble babble. So few historical artifacts hold true mystery and intrigue like a good book, Dave. Don't, don't bait me. <laughs> it's hard for a book to survive for a long time. Because you've got just general wear and tear on it. You lend it to a friend. You forget which one. Yep. There's fire. Fire, which destroys just about everything. There's water. water. Also destroys. Light. People. Silverfish. Yeah. Book lice. But those that do survive tend to give us such insight into the world as it was at the time of the book's creation that it becomes paramount to preserve the pages and keep that bit of history alive. But what if preserving a certain book... Comes with a price. <gasps> what if the knowledge gained by keeping an old manuscript around is equaled by the bad luck of a curse it carries? De book? Is it a de book? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Burned it. Burned it. Yeah, see, sometimes puns can't survive. Yeah. Long either. Uh, worse yet, what if the book is less a compendium of ideas and more a tool of the prince of darkness? So like pornography? Such are the, 
some claims held by the Codex Gigas, a medieval manuscript famous for many reasons. Its size, its age, its construction, its contents, but most notably famous for one page in it, holding an illustration of the devil, the many-handed one, the father of lies, Diabolus, the archfiend, author of evil, Beelzebub, the lord of flies, Prima, Tentator, Belial, Lucifer, Mephistopheles, the fallen one, the king of hell, Satan. Oh, is that all you got? The unclean master? The dream blighter? <laughs> I, I, as long as we've done this podcast, I always try to list off no less than four names of the devil every time. And I'm... I, but you you knocked a lot of them out. <laughs> well, we'll say we'll say it here and there throughout yeah. this. So keep them. Keep you got them it. it. You got it. I also feel like there are a lot of enemies in Diablo three that you could just replace. Oh, that's well. Belial was in there already. Yeah. So, but like, uh, what did you say? Dream blighter. Yeah. That's, what that's about Deckard Kane? I am I not a villain of those cartoon movie games? <laughs> Pokemon. Belial was the third unholy fiend of the devil's pantheon. Please interrupt me. So okay, can, uh, yeah. so this this has led to several nicknames for the Codex, including the Codex Giganteus, which is the giant Codex, Gigas Librorium, the book Giant, Han's Bible, the devil's Bible, Hinhala's Bible, Old <laughs> Nick's Bible. No, 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 no. Hinhala's Bible. There's the Fon's Bible. The Hinhouse Bible. Who's which is one? old Nick's Bible. And the Svartbarken. The Black Book. Lots of lots of nicknames for this old boy. I love it. By the way, oh, oh, he did, uh, old Nick. Also yeah. old Scratch. Yeah. 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 Pronunciations vary. You can you can say Gigas, uh, Gigas, Gigas, uh, Gigas. <laughs> but we're going to go with the Greek origin, which uses the letter gamma for hard G's, pronouncing it Gigas. It translates to giant codex. Some call it giant book, but I think that would be uh, Lieber Gigas in that case. Yeah, it would be. That's uh, the other name for the book. Codex being a manuscript of pages, especially of classic work or scripture. The book itself is worth mentioning as a historical artifact. However, it's the circumstances of some legends which surround it that warrants a closer look by this podcast. By these fucking guys. It's said to be written by a single individual, which is crazy enough given its size and detail, but it's the legend that this individual may have been the great unclean one himself who wrote it in one short night in exchange for a soul otherwise damned on this mortal plane. We'll be taking a look at how it was made, why it was made, by whom it was made, its contents, and the legends surrounding it. So the devil sat down at a typewriter and he was looking for a book to steal. Yeah. He was in a bind and he was way behind because he had a deadline in the morning. <laughs> so he found an old pornographer and said, well, let me tell you, son, you don't want to burn in hell. Give me your soul as well. And I'll start on chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start with. Yeah. Okay. First and foremost. All right. Well, here, you can go ahead and do what you're going to do. But you know how many times you've mentioned how big this book is? Don't worry, everybody. I got you, fam. <laughs> its origin is unknown. We don't know where it came from, but according to a note in it, the Codex was pawned in the monastery at Sedlec in 1295 CE and has writings from historical figures dating back to the 1st century CE. And this was in Bohemia, which is now the Czech Republic, 
specifically Podlahitsa, then Brevnov near Prague. Uh, so that's where whereabouts it's coming out of. Yeah. Um, straight straight out of Slavic's town. Yeah, we'll we'll get back to that. Uh Dave, do you want to tell us how it looks and Damn I and- do. So much. Wow. Uh, All right. Wrath. <laughs> I'll tell you about this book. Uh it is enclosed by thick wooden boards covered with uh a tod, which is a it's a, a kind of a means of preparing leather, mm. uh white skin. Mm-hmm. Um, the covers are elaborately decorated and have pierced metal uh, uh, corner pieces, mm-hmm. each containing two griffins and one centerpiece, each with a circular raised portion of which the, the book would rest when it was closed. So Smart. it doesn't actually yeah, touch anything, yeah. which is also a warning to you. Uh, the back cover has two additional pieces, um, again, with the kind of the, the pierced or raised element that allow the, the codex to be changed or attached to... Uh, to like like a pen at a bank yeah, yeah. like the, so you can't just swipe this giant ass book <laughs> um uh the date of all this metal work is uncertain but some of it probably dates to from before its current binding so it was, it was rebound later yeah it's been which happened fixed all the time oh yeah it's three feet tall 20 inches wide and almost nine inches thick all right this is a book yeah it's three feet tall yeah Oh, and by the way, almost too wide. Don't forget to put something on there in case someone wants to swipe it. Right. Throw it in their knapsack because it only weighs 165 f***ing pounds. <laughs> or almost 12 stone. Eh? Two stone, two right, 12 stone. <laughs> <laughs> this actually, this qualifies it uh, as the biggest medieval Latin manuscript to have survived. It's the king of them all. Well, that'll rattle some dongs, <laughs> right? This thing contains 310 leaves of vellum, um, which were probably, as far as they know, most likely made from the skin of 160 donkeys. <laughs> I want to read all of this in a sexy voice. Made from the skin of the 160 donkeys. Oh. That's a ton of livestock to flay. I yeah. mean, yeah, I'm sure they used the whole buffalo, but that's a lot of dead donkeys. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, there's not a lot of real estate on on a donkey that you can right. make a book out of. Yeah, they made a book out of that ass. As far as they know, if they think that it originally could have been calfskin, could have been calfskin. They but, think it was donkeys, but yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be hard to do the work on that. But you know, honestly, why? <laughs> there's there's some things that you can find out, but like, what is that going to illuminate? <laughs> uh, apparently, it originally had 320 sheets, but 10 of them were too hot for this podcast censored i don't know either someone stole them or cut them out of the book but there are 10 missing pages yeah Uh, the texts were written uh on ruled guidelines which um is kind of interesting to me um you know as far as illuminated manuscripts goes like it it to me implies a less skilled scribe like the real pros (laughs) didn't need it don't need them anyway neither here nor there um so there's two columns of 106 lines each on each page. So you get 212 lines per page. Hmm. Yeah. Apparently the text size was kind of small. They were able to fit in mm-hmm. quite a few uh, words in there, you know, with a three foot tall book <laughs> and small letters. Yeah. About half the codex consists of the entire Latin Bible in the Vulgate version, except for the books of Acts and Revelation, which are from a 
pre-Vulgate version. Dave, what is the Vulgate? Uh, the Vulgate is the Latin Bible translated from Hebrew and Aramaic by Jerome between 382 and 405 Common Era. This text became known as the Versio Vulgata, which means the common translation. So it's just a common Latin translation yeah. of the Bible. I didn't read that. I just knew it. I, I'm glad. Yeah. So you just spiked it. I set you up. You spiked. It also contains Hebrew, Greek, and Slavic alphabets, the Cyrillic and Glagolitic. <laughs> the manuscript includes illuminations in red, blue, yellow, green, and gold. And purple horseshoes. <laughs> Which they said the 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 pigments for these the uh, came from crushed insects. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in Ireland, <laughs> really shitty way of saying. That. When I was in Ireland, yeah, that's um, how I start Antarctica stories. It works out great. Everyone's impressed. <laughs> I was uh, uh, at the Trinity Library in, in Dublin. Um, they they had the Book of Kells on display, which is another manuscript. Um, you know really elaborately done very beautiful and stuff they had a whole section set up to show you how they came by the different colors of ink Mm -hmm. they had you know and they it's interesting because you you get it from insects you get it from plants things like that crush it up yeah mix it blah 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 but yeah they said the majority of this one was um crushed insects i guess sweet i that's something i feel like i should know more about and i don't know anything about it insect dyes yeah uh, the Codex Gigas contains five long texts as well as a complete Bible. The manuscript begins with the Old Testament. It's followed by two historical works by Flavius Josephus, who lived in the first century CE, and who we, I believe, we talked about him in uh, Miscripted. Just a short thing. Yeah, he had a little. He had a little dip in there with so did Pliny the Elder with the uh, the Indian uh, Estome, I think. Right. Yep. yep. Was was it that one? Uh, Josephus, uh, his works were the Antiquities of the Jews and Debello Utico, the Jewish War. I'd like to call him Josephus because it sounds more fun. <laughs> but, okay, buddy. But that's not his name, so we can't. <laughs> it may, maybe it is. I don't know. After Josephus, Josephus, after his works, were the Encyclopedia of the Middle Ages, uh, Etymologia by Isidore, who lived in the 6th century in Spain. And that's followed by a collection of medical works of Hippocrates, Theophilus, Philaretus, and Constantinus. And these are followed by the New Testament. The last of the long works is a chronicle of Bohemia by Cosmas from Prague, who lived around the end of the 11th century CE. This is the first history of Bohemia, and it's pretty important to know what was going on uh, around there at the time. And then uh, also in there, you've got some. Some of the pages are a, a calendar. Uh, there are some magical spells. It's really just town portal, though. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good, but it's not, like, awesome. No chain lightning. And uh, and a text on exorcisms. Sweet. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, like, part of me thinks, oh, they just kind of were binding books all together, but it's so big. How, how many books that size were they finding? Mm. So... Or, or did someone make one big-ass book and then they're filling it? Or it just seems like everything is kind of disparate and added over time. Boy, that, that is, that's hard to suss out because, well, I don't, I don't want to tip the fedora too soon, m'lady. Um, mm. Well, you know, there's no point because, you know, girls, you just don't like guys who are nice. I think that the, the, <laughs> I think all the works had been done by the time this was made. Yeah. 
and we'll you'll see why towards the end you'll of, see why this, but um you'll see why it does seem like they just kept adding on to it and they, you know some people kind of think that it was picked up and added to and there are some some parts in here that well that it, it almost see evidence of some of that yeah i mean it almost has to be given the scope of what it you know chronologically covers you know, yeah. i'm not saying everything had to be written when it happened but right right anyway moving on uh yeah the decoration on the codex comprises two uh full page pictures uh two marginal pictures and 57 decorated initials everyone knows you know like the 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 glorious t of an illuminated manuscript yep uh, yeah manuscript that's that is the word the <laughs> uh, a huge swirly i for the word in right <laughs> yeah it's, page, page sized i exactly in the beginning uh there are two full page pictures representing the heavenly city and on the opposite page, devil picture, the devil, the devil. Um, and that picture is the number one reason uh, why the book is known, uh, is as well known as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the picture is uh, 20 inches tall with a yellow gold body, green face, not one, but two red tongues, maybe of fire, uh, coming out of the corners of his mouth, two red horns. And uh, four fingers and four toes on each hand and foot, uh, ending in long red claws. He's he's also, for your edification, covered himself in some sort of spotted diaper type thing. Um, and um, kind of looks like heart boxers. Uh, it's adorable, like l- little white boxers with little red hearts on them. That's I mean, cute. that's what I thought of when I saw it. Cute. Uh, his portrayal was sinister, sinister enough to those back in medieval Europe that as the years went by, people started noticing that the pages leading up to it uh, are somewhat blackened. Uh, like you said, everything else in this book was was very clean um, and that the, the pages were discolored around the image of the devil, uh, which we will come back to a little bit later. So not only does, was this book extraordinarily well preserved, but one of the most intriguing things about it is that the contents of it, um, not so much, you know, we just talked about how disparate some of the things are, but the manner in which they were written um, is very uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the style, the, the nature of the writing is uniform throughout. And so it, it, it almost shows that it was done overnight. No. Um, <laughs> but there is not a... Uh, there aren't any telltale signs of exactly something happening to. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have to switch scribes. There's no evidence that the scribe was getting older and his penmanship was getting worse or anything like that. It is. It is uh, remarkably uniform throughout. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's worth noting. Old old timey printer. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, uh, some some of the history of it and some Do of it. the le- legends. Some of the legends. Some of the legends. As mentioned, the first evidence of its origin was a pawning at Sedlec in 1295. Uh, writings and information recorded in the Codex seem to end in the year 1229. So the the stuff that was written in there, people have dated back up until tw- 1229. Yeah, that's the last, it's like the last most entry. recent thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from 1477 to 1593, it was kept in the library of a monastery in Brumov until it was taken to Prague in 1594 to form a part of the collections of the Emperor Rudolf II. Now, this hip cat will be uh, rearing his ugly ass head later on in the season, I'm sure. And we've already kind of, I think, touched on him here and there. I think we mentioned him in Count of St. Germain. 
you'd have to you you're you're the boss there. I don't. <laughs> but um, I I trust your judgment on that. He he is a a pretty interesting node, a a kind of connector point for a lot of cool stuff that's going on that we actually have started touching on. I like touching on it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we sure do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, you sure do, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Is um, is make such nice, honey. <laughs> At the end of the Thirty Years' War in 1648, his entire collection was taken as spoils of war by the Swedish army. It then entered the collection of Queen Christina of Sweden and put into the Royal Library in the castle at Stockholm. In May 1697, a fire broke out at the castle, and the Royal Library suffered very badly, as libraries often do in fires. <laughs> They are suffering libraries. The codex was rescued from the flames by being thrown out of a window. (laughs) And it apparently injured a bystander and some of its leaves fluttered away, still missing to this day. Oh, there they are. In September 2007, it returned to Prague on loan from Sweden. Why were we wondering where they were before? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's that's one of those things where people shut a door and keep on walking through the room, I guess. Uh, and to September 2007, returned to Prague on loan from Sweden until January 2008 and was on display at the Czech National Library. The uniformity of calligraphy and illustrations, along with the picture of the Master of Demons, nice has one. led to some legends about its creation. Truly, it seems as if the book were written in a short amount of time by a very skilled hand, perhaps the many-handed one. Mm-hmm. The most popular story attributing this craftsmanship concerns a lone Benedictine monk from the Middle Ages. This monk apparently committed a grievous infraction against his monastery and was sentenced to be walled up alive within the monastery indefinitely. In his desperation to avoid such a fate, it's said he offered to pin in one night a huge religious text the likes of which the world had never seen. It was agreed that if the monk could accomplish this task in one night, then he would be freed. Not long after beginning the task, he realized the futility of it, so he prayed for help. However, he prayed not to God, the Father, or the man Jesus, but to old Scratch himself. Ah, yes! To help him complete this monumental and impossible feat. The scribe tainter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The scribe Tater himself appeared and agreed to complete the book for the monk if the monk would promise his soul to him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. The monk agreed, and the great filth magistrate himself completed the book. In thanks, the monk included a large illustration of the adversary and was done in time to be set free, but lost his peace of mind until he finally turned to the Holy Virgin, beseeching her to save him. She agreed to help, but the penitent died on the very point of being absolved from his dark pact with the unholy abyssal legate. Dave, you want to pick it up and, and also add your, your other names for the devil? So many names for the devil. None of them have such uh, formalized uh, jobs as you. <laughs> it was through its, its long and shitty history that the legends of the curse started to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the 15th century, the monastery was held. 
destroyed. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I'm sure it would be safe if we put it in a royal library, right? It wasn't burned. <gasps> well, don't worry, guys. I'll chuck it out of a window. I'm sure something will break its fall. Oh, an innocent bystander. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. No matter Unlucky. where that thing, Unlucky. No matter where you land, the thing is off. Oh, you up. <laughs> it's true. It's like if a it body land, falling. If on it you. lands next door, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a Swedish book that was published in 1858 told a story of a porter who was locked inside the library's main reading room after falling asleep. Also the basis for the never ending story. Um, upon awakening, he had a vision of the books moving of their own accords from the shelves and hovering about in a whirling dance, a large clock normally out of order began striking the hours books surrounding the devil's Bible began falling all over in all directions. Then the giant book itself joined in the dance. The following morning, the porter, literally terrified out of his wits by dancing books. Oh, yeah. What a time to be alive. <laughs> was found underneath the table. These are people who died from just like scraping their knee. Armies invaded and people were slaughtered and public executions and stocks and burnings of witches. And this guy's scared of dancing books. Paper cuts, dude. <sighs> <All right. laughs> literally terrified out of his wits was found underneath the table. And from that time forth, he was and remained insane and had to be taken to the madhouse. It was said that uh, sadness and tragedy will haunt the footsteps of anyone who possesses the codex. It said that one of the previous owners, a monastery, was struck with one of the worst episodes of bubonic plague in record after taking possession of the devil's Bible. The current library in Sweden seems immune to the curse so far. Oh, no way. Oh, sorry, guys. Don't you love how much we said it said? Yeah, I know. You know. Yeah, we'll see. Well, how about this? There are some stories. Uh, the 10 missing pages, also a mystery. Are they? I mean, it, it, it fell out of a book in the window. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And as no one, quote, knows where they're gone, uh, while there's no definite explanation for this, there, there was. Uh, it's believed that during the years, some of the pages were removed because they contained information that could be dangerous for the common man to know. Of course. The, uh, the recipe for chicken in a bucket led into gold and all the entrances to the underground reptilian um, mon- monoatomic gold mines. Yep. Uh, others have speculated the pages were stolen or someone long ago deemed the information contained in the missing pages to be offensive to the customs and thoughts of the day. Well, okay. Well, I, I want to go through this one funsy style. <laughs> First of all, hey, hey, go through it. Hey. Funzy style. <laughs> On the back of a motorcycle at a hey. muck shop. <laughs> okay, so first and foremost, it was cl- they, they said the book was chucked out of a window. And, some and of lost the, pages. And yeah. lost pages. Okay, so one and done there. Let's just ignore that part. Some of the pages were cut out because they were offensive to the sensibilities of the day. Oh, no, no. Keep the giant picture of the devil. <laughs> Leave it in. And also, it was super... I mean, even now, at the auction house, you know, I sell... I don't personally sell, but my, my where I work, we auction off illuminated manuscript pages all the time. There are single so, pages. Yeah. There, people cut those things to ribbons all the time because you want to make money. You take a book with a hundred pages in it. You buy it for 50 bucks and you sell each page for a dollar. You just doubled your money. People did it all the time. It's why it's one of the reasons why complete volumes are so valuable now mm. because it was such a common practice it doesn't it didn't have to be dark unknown knowledge it just had to be a pretty page maybe um you were friends with 
a guy named Indiana and the I was really well illustrated on that page and the word in here you go, Indy. And he's like, actually, this belongs in a museum. <laughs> also, the dog's name is, is Indy. You were Indy. named after the dog? <laughs> I, <wouldn't> oh. <laughs> I love you, Sulla. <laughs> Indy. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I feel like they had a really good reason, but like, it doesn't like, uh, oh, this was too diabolical for, for you to see. Yeah. They yeah. would have cut the devil out of that thing in a heartbeat. <laughs> Some some people think the monastic rules of the Benedictines were in there too. Did they have to keep those secret from everybody? Is that part of the dealio with them? I don't think they are. I don't know for sure, but well, it's like even even groups that have secret rules, they got out all the time. Like the 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 Freemasons, tons of secret rules. That's that that was always like a quote unquote closely guarded secret. <laughs> you could get it, you know. Yeah. Well, Let's uh, let's continue on the explanation train. Yeah. Next stop, the author. Mm-hmm. Toot toot. Chugga chugga. Hey, you know what? The book most likely was written by one man. Yeah, there's good evidence for that. Given the ink and calligraphy, it seems that one individual is responsible for all of it. So who was it? It was me. It was Dave Stecker. David Stecker. Stecker. It's me. <laughs> we don't know. It's been put forth that he was the monk Herman, whose name with the cognomen Inclusus, or Hermanus Monicus Inclusus, showed up on a necrology yep. in a note. Which is which is just the opposite of a birth announcement. I mean, it's, um, you know, these people, you know, it's when when did this guy die? Boom, there it is. Right, so, yeah, right. so he shows up on a necrology. Uh, the epithet Inclusus was linked with the legend of the walled-up sinful monk having scribed the Codex Gigas in its entirety during one single night with the assistance of... The foul master of librarians. Librarians inherently evil. <laughs> you getting that ladder? <laughs> jab, jab, jab. <laughs> we have fun. But uh, the term inclusus or reclusus really denotes a recluse, i.e. a person most mostly affiliated to a monastery, living in isolation in a cell for religious or ascetic reasons. Or, more rarely... Loxosceles reclusa, also known as the brown recluse spider. As a, oh, as a, um, know your enemies as yourself, Laura. Form of penitence. Uh, after a trial period of at least one year, they could be locked in a cell by a bishop who would affix his seal to the cell door. And sometimes the cell would be walled up and a requiem mass sung for the recluses, symbolizing a funeral. This, this way of life was not uncommon among Benedictines and Cistercians. That sounds like, awful a little weird a little weird uh i mean well you know what there was that whole thing that jesus said was like hey if you love me seal yourself up in a room yeah and have your friends sing death masses right uh the designation reclusus is not uncommon in medieval necrologies sobislas has also yeah, been you're welcome has also been suggested as the name of the scribe this name occurs in a prayer to the virgin mary added in the margin on one page just scribbled it in there like uh, inheriting a middle middle school text. Right, something. yeah. It just said S plus VM forever. <laughs> but this prayer is in a different hand from the rest of the manuscript, which was added, later, added later in the 13th century. Exactly. I mean, this guy's not going to go through all that work and then be like, oh, yeah, and don't forget me. Like, yeah. Never. Uh, by the way, love Virgin Mary. Dave, how about uh, how how about the question of whether or not it was done in one night? Man, think of, of anyone who has ever had to write a paper overnight. 
Actually, <laughs> I wouldn't use that excuse. Oh, I would. Because all my college days, that's that's all that happened. Right. And how, how was how long was the longest paper you ever did that way? I don't know. Ten pages. Okay. So this is. I only did as much as I was told to. <laughs> right, but that but that's my point though. Like this thing is two hundred and twelve column, uh, two hundred and twelve lines per page, three hundred and ten pages done in hand. So let's just ignore source, like where he's sourcing the materials, how he's deciding what's going to go in, in what order. In addition to the illuminations on the page, each yeah. of which can take hours. Yep. I mean, there's just nope, nope. Well, they've they've done tests and recreations to to show how long it takes to make an illustrated manuscript. Oh yeah, you, you know? make one mistake on a page, now you got to scrape that whole vellum clean and start over. Ugh. Um, although it's it's difficult to estimate how long it took, they have kind of um, mathed it out uh, to say uh, one scribe could have written one column in in the codex, 106 lines in a day. If uh, they worked for six hours a day and wrote six days a week, then they could have um, completed it in about five years. But if he was a monk, he had other duties, right? And and he may have only been able to work for about three hours a day on it. And that means it would have taken 10 years to write. As a scribe may also have ruled the lines to guide the writing before he began to write it, uh, which you know took several hours just to, to rule it out and get it all even, that extends the period it took to complete it. Uh, then you have the decoration on there, the illustrations, all that. And then and you're getting up to about 20 years, maybe even 30, before you can finish something like this. Yeah. And like you said, make a mistake. Yep. Scrape it. Start over again. I, and I would say, you know, if you're sitting down to a project that big, um, I don't kill yourself. Kill yourself. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, well, first of all, if he was sequestered, mm-hmm. maybe they'd give him, you know, more time to do it. Right. You know, maybe he'd work more than six hours a day, maybe ten or twelve a day, without going crazy. Who knows? Or maybe he was already crazy, and that's how he was able to do it. But like things like lining the pages. If all the pages are uniform and you know that you're going to do this hundreds of times, um, I don't, it's not uncommon for them to make like a wooden jig, you know, you place it over the page, you know, so you don't, you're not doing the, right. the calculations because you'll always make mistakes that way. But if you just have a uniform thing, there's a lot of things that would cut that down. But like, like you said, uh, oh, oh, everything went great and he did it super fast. So he only did it in 20 years, right? Yeah. Three years. That's still three years of all day, every day writing. And never making mistakes. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. But you know he made mistakes. Yeah. You don't. That's why God made erasers. Oh, no, wait. He hadn't yet. <laughs> That's, that is why librarians are on the devil's side. <laughs> how about those blackened pages around the devil? Um, how about the fact that it's the one picture in the whole damn book? So that's what everyone flips to. <laughs> it's just a simple question to traffic. Yeah. With that many hands, dirty little grubby hands wanting yep. that tasted a devil. <laughs> or maybe they will see the city of heaven. Who knows? It's the devil. It's the devil. Human nature being Always what it is. The devil. The, the light getting it the, the exposure that it's getting, the the, yeah. the sebum that's getting on there. Ugh. Hate that word. <laughs> hate it. Yeah. That's all. Boom. The speaking of those two pictures too, was it a uh, an homage 
to the admiral of of the Lake of Fire Navy. <laughs> I think it's the rear rear admiral or admiral of the uh, the the wedgie patrol. Just okay. just wedgies for people. <laughs> I think is, is that just dedicated to him? And- no, I think that it was. Um, I mean, if it was dedicated to the devil, why include the entire Bible? Why do the city of heaven? Right, exactly. I think it's it's the it's the other half of a diptych. It's it's a it's a two part singular work. Like mm-hmm. here's the one side, here's the other. City of heaven, devil balls in a in a in a diaper, devil diaper. Got to have it all. Yeah. Balance it out. It's a contrast. It's made to to show the little delineation. sweet, little salty. Yep. So it, in the end, it's it's a pretty marvelous book. It all is said and told. it is impressive as hell. And there's you can go on uh, Netflix. There is um I hey boy I haven't looked, but I know that I watched a, a documentary about this years ago. So I don't know if it's still on there, but there are. I'm sure it's on YouTube. There are great uh, documentaries about this book. Yeah, uh, I believe National Geographic did one. I didn't watch that. Uh, I, I think, think that may be the one that I saw. Yeah, I, I think there may have even been a movie made called The Devil's Bible. Didn't watch that. Didn't yeah. didn't see it. So if you've seen that, let us know how you, what you think of it. But it's completely uh, fantastic and and good on the human that did it. But yeah, does not mean it's supernatural. Nope. It's just impress. I mean, it honestly, the only thing to my mind that makes it supernatural is that it is as big as it is, and it's survived as long as it has. True. It is supernaturally lucky as f. Right. And guys, I put F in there. Don't swears. Come on. As a, as far as a curse with it, again, like I, I really scraped the barrel to try and find the examples that we had. Well, here's the thing. If okay, you and most a, of that was like, it's said that this happens. You know, you've got a book that is, let's take the average, one thousand years old. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's somewhere in there. Every person who ever had that book is dead. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those people are going to statistically die, not of natural causes. I mean, you, it's, you can manufacture a curse for anything that has been passed around. Um, yeah, there's going to be fires and people dying. And a guy had picked the book up and then just a week later, he fell down some stairs and died. You know, like you're, you're, that's just history. That's just statistics. There's yeah. no, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. We, I think we touched on stuff like that in the, uh, curse of the the pharaohs episode yeah that we did all those guys were adventurers living at the edge <laughs> yeah good on them so there you go that's it uh that's that's what we got for the old codex gigas yes in a uh ton the uh, skinned the skin of 160 jackasses <laughs> covering uh with with metal cornered nutshell yeah <laughs> i like that um, you know, there was uh, another uh, appendix to that book. Made of a real appendix. <laughs> made, out of, made out of a real appendix. Um, it was actually underneath the metal back plate. Oh, I love it. It turns out, I thought that plate, you, you thought that plate was to keep it from being taken. No, it was just the other way. It was meant to hold something in. Oh. Yeah, because the, underneath that back plate was uh, 1600s era. <gasps> Pons! <laughs> Just say puns. Just stop talking and say puns. That's what I did. Laura, how about you go first? Do you want me to? Well, here's something I think you'll like. There's a great transportation service implemented in Texas uh-huh. nowadays that helps folks who don't have a lot of money travel across the, stri- the state. Oh. It doesn't cost a dime, but it sure takes its sweet time. 
and many people think of it as socialism thought up by the devil. What? But if you have to get somewhere in the Lone Star State, you don't have any money, and don't think it's a tool of the devil, and you don't mind how long it takes, you can hop on board the Slow Tex free bus. Holy sh! That was pretty good. Slow Tex, yeah, free bus. You got there. You front loaded it. <laughs> you know there was a, a recent art show in Berlin that was um, uh, an artist who's very famous, and it was just pictures of of giant books. And, and and alien books and and then sometimes the books have like vaginas on them, um, vaginas. Yeah, like skulls. Like there's a, like a big death sexuality, foreignness to it all. Um, and the the artist is H. R. Gigas. Yeah, I smell it. Yeah, yeah. I took that bunt, and honestly, yeah. I did it. I did it to save all of you the time to write that pun and send it in. <laughs> all right. All right. There's a swell guy who keeps to himself and doesn't go out much, but it's okay because he's got friends like a genie, a pterodactyl, and a chair. There's Pee Ray Herman, the recluse. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was awesome. That was really awesome. <laughs> um, recent scientists have actually done some extra um, work on the codex, um, you know, using uh, scanning electron microscopes and, and even looking at the structure of the pages themselves. Um, and it turns out that it isn't vellum of any form at all. It's actually a hyper dense energy matrix. It, it is, it, it's almost like a energy made solid. And if they could just find a way to release it, it, they, they theorize because God knows what would happen. It would be a huge amount of energy. It might even be enough energy to travel through time because they estimate that there's at least 1.21 gigaswatts. In there. <laughs> nice. You know, I ran across that. I was looking up how to pronounce gigas. You're going three in the paint? No, no. I'm. This is me talking. Oh. I, I was looking up how to pronounce gigas, and in, in some conversation that was on some forums, someone was like, oh, that was, that was one thing that Doc Brown said weirdly was 1.21 gigawatts. And it's like, if you're not going with the geek and you're going with like yeah. Where it eventually got to, which is giant or gigantic, then gigas or gigas, you know, makes sense. Yeah. But if you're going with the old gamma, yeah, gamma, gamma, then it's gigas. But yeah, yeah. It, it is true that he said gigawatts and it gigawatts. should have been, been gigawatts. Kind of, kind of fun. Gigabyte. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. So, well, them's puns. That was a good harmony on that one. Sure it was. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. Oh, God. Wait, Flora. Wait, what? Some some bunch of randy old assholes got a hold of it and started writing notes in the margins. Oh, Yep, looks like a whole bunch of <gasps> listener mail. <laughs> <laughs> I just call you guys randy old assholes. <laughs> I told you from the beginning. Oh, what a weirdo. Man, I need to sleep so badly. All right. Uh, I think I think you'll like this one. We've heard from uh, Pastor Tony. Whoa. Just in time, Pastor Tony. Says, uh, been listening to the show for a while. Thought he'd write in. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think he meant collecting evidence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Baptist preacher in Indiana and love all the weird stuff you guys cover. Oh. I also appreciate how you challenge organized religion with some of your topics. It makes me look deeper into my faith and think about why I believe. I also share Stecco's disdain for certain conservative Christian groups 
and think they really give Christians a bad name. But thanks again for the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you. And, and a good suggestion. Thank you, Pastor Tony. I'm yeah, glad that- That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Keep listening. I'm glad I'm glad we can offer some uh, in, insight into that sort of stuff. That's why we it do it. Always makes me feel better to feel like we're not just shitting on things all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't want to shit on yeah, things. I don't want we to. We just sort I feel... of end up doing it. Right. <laughs> well, it makes me feel bad if I, you know. Anyway. Yeah. Thanks, Pastor. Here's a pretty honest one that I, that I completely agree with. This is from Spooky Dookie. <laughs> Love it. Hey there, Pookie. Spooky Dookie writes, yo, how the heck y'all going to talk about an awesome dollar store skeleton with maggots, but never post a picture. Skeletons are my favorite. And I'm so disappointed. Solid point. Solid true, point. True. We, well, we, we tried to uh, uh, remedy that a little while ago. Did we? we? Yeah. Yeah. I, I put a picture of it on Facebook. I got it on Twitter. Okay. If, good. If you've got access to those. Yes. Go, 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 go nuts. Yeah, you're a hero. Thanks, Spooky Dookie. They've heard from General Hammerfist Thundercock. Holy shit. I salute you, General. Been trying to make his way through the back catalog. He doesn't try to make his way through anything. He cuts a path of destruction. (laughs) Thought I would tell you guys about a TV show I remembered from the 90s. Uh, In 1996, the WB tried to reach out to the untapped Jewish tween demographic. After the success of shows like Goosebumps, they began recording Are You Afraid of the Dibbuck? (laughs) <laughs> nice. I, nice. I, thanks, General. Thank you. Oh, I've got a fun follow-up here from Goblin Brook. Right. Hey, guys. Woo. Thank hey. you so much for using my show suggestion on goblins. You're welcome. Because uh, Brooke really can like included a lot of information. It True. was awesome. She writes, I uh, really enjoyed the episode and thought it was super duper rad. And I actually have another show suggestion on something you guys haven't done a show on. Now, hear me out. How about... Zoroastrianism. Huh? <laughs> nice. You like that? Huh? <laughs> well played, Brooke. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? What? We, we, I, th- I feel like that's what the $5 level on Patreon's for. Like, we'll probably hit a Zoroastrian. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, on there. <laughs> yeah. I wish at some point. you guys are glad you didn't see that hand gesture. <laughs> it was, it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad, everybody. It was. It it matched the sound perfectly. <laughs> yeah, you know, like like we said, might be kind of boring for a regular episode, so why not pay for <laughs> Eh, we'll figure it out. Yep. Dave, we've heard from Ermagar Pigladurg. Pigladurg. <laughs> um, been a listener for a little while. Uh, awesome. For a little over a year now, and been through the archives and new episodes several times over. And also recruited her fiancé to the Blue Reaver ranks. Yes. Thank you. She says uh, she prowls the subs of Imgur and now on the lookout for anything cryptid related. You know Sweet. what? Uh, that reminds me. The last time I saw one of those silly, here, here are the podcasts you should be listening to, posts, make it to the to the front page, uh-huh. which is always the same list. It's like uh, the top 10 of of. Every yeah. podcast list that's out there. Although I am really happy because you know what I'm starting to see on those lists is uh, our friends from the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Hello from the Magic Tavern. I'm starting sure. to see those guys show up on there. Yeah, the, the these lists. It's like they take the number one podcast in each category and just put it on there. I don't think there's any thought to it at all. But the point of me bringing this up is that uh-huh. way down in the the ranks of the comments, someone said blurry photos. Oh, uh, I saw that. Yeah, I was I was really proud of that. Woo. We we actually lurk on there. I won't tell you the name. I won't tell you our screen name just yet. But if you're if you 
browse injure and stuff like that comes up hey throw us a bone uh and and we'll we'll support you yeah by all means out of there and injure i feel like Imjure would love or hate us. You know what I mean? Right. Well, that's what Imjure does. It just loves or hates. Well, it'll love and then hate. It's a love or hater. Anyway, uh, sorry we couldn't make it up for the live show. Got to save up for their wedding. I understand that. Yeah, absolutely. That is an important expense. And uh, says we should uh, seriously consider doing a show around Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. Uh, Kappa and Dullahan spine whips on bunyips couldn't keep us away. (laughs) Uh, P.S. We watch Ghost Adventures from time to time, and Zach Baggins has a new show called Possessions. The first episode featured the Dybbuk box. Oh! Might want to check it out if you're brave enough, Flora. What? Yeah. I've, I've crossed that bridge. <laughs> Flora. <laughs> she says, I find my lack of puns disturbing. <sighs> so uh, I'll be sure to have something next time. Yeah! Thanks for the funnies and punnies. Later, dudes. Thank you, Ermagerd Pergladerg. Thanks, Pergladerg. I uh, got one last one here from, wow, oh, Kerblerkin. <laughs> what? It's Kerblerkin. <laughs> All right. I mean, okay, even saying it without the voice, Kerblerkin. I'm still saying it. <laughs> uh, Kerblerkin writes, hey, guys. Hey. Totally love the show. Listen to every episode. Uh, thought you might like to know about this project on Kickstarter called Ghost Theory claims to be a first-person paranormal investigation game based on real locations, events, and hauntings. Uh, it's not Kerblerkin's project, but just looks cool and thought we might be interested. That's oh, awesome. Cool. I just love the name Kerblerkin. Please keep <laughs> writing so I can go, Kerblerkin! Kerblerkin! <laughs> I feel like it's the end of of like somebody's story about World War One, And then the man went into the tank at Kerblerkin! <laughs> he was killed. The word was Herber. <laughs> It does. That is a uh, that is a Swedish explosion sound. That's yeah, true. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for writing in. Yes. Uh, thank you also for your glorious uh, five star reviews on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, by the time this, I mean, we're at like in the eleven nineties right now, so we're almost at twelve Hildo. <sighs> yeah, love those Hildos. Keep them coming. Uh, that that helps us. I. I'm irritated by how much we kind of need Facebook likes in this stupid digital age, like and reviews. Yeah. All those things, they help us so much more than I feel like, like they have any right to, but they're actually True. gigantically important. Well, people, I get pissed off. I was telling Annie <laughs> yeah, I about can see this it on your face. I was telling, I, I keep seeing commercials for a new uh, show that has come out that was given to a guy that was, that just got a million hits for a stupid music video, rap video on YouTube. And now he's he's released like four albums, and now he's got a show. Better is it the Chocolate Rain Kid? Because that no. sounds fucking awesome. No, it wasn't even him. It was some douche. Hey, million hits, man! It's not an wow, accident. a million hits. Watch out! We don't have a million hits. No, we don't. But <laughs> lots of people have like tens of million hits. That's true. And they don't have their own show, and That's they're much true. more talented. That is true. I'm sorry. I I go on rants when <laughs> shit gets stupid. Is that guy rich? Yes, he's rich. He went to Duke. <laughs> well, he this- was a Duke pitcher. <laughs> oh, and I'm not going to say that- the name. This but is everybody, where you mean, this is where it's coming down. It's the fact that he went to Duke. Well, that that helps a lot. <laughs> it helps a lot. But the fact that you get a show from there. just like a million hits. Duke is America's team. From a shitty rap that you do. Oh, God, I love it. Like, come on, man. Yeah, but here's the thing. If uh, 1% of those people decide to come after us, they're going to f*** us. 
you know what? You know what? I'll fight them. I'll fight each and every one of them. I, I feel like every time we make this show, we're just like, all right, what do you got? <laughs> ah, oh. Anyway. But what were we talking about? Who uh, gives a shit? I think it was Kill the Rich. <laughs> yeah, no. I goaded you and it worked, and I was really pleased. You didn't know you were goading me on that one. <laughs> 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 ah! <laughs> yeah, please. I love the Pee Wee Herman laugh. <laughs> Uh, um, all also, right. uh, audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Get yourself a free book. Yeah. Pick a book, whatever book, any book. How about, uh, uh, wolves of the Kala? That's what I'm on right Ooh. now. Okay. Gunslingers. Dark Still Carson. on it. Uh, vote for us. Please vote for us. Podcastawards.com. He's doing a clapping thing with like, he's got fake symbols in his hands. Like he's a little monkey. One vote per day, <laughs> every day from an email address. Yep. However many of those I'll, you I'll might just, have. I'll, I'll, I'll leave just that there on, on the table. That I'm, not, I'm not the police of you. Patreon. Yes. Of course. Uh, ple- we are flirting with that country album. We've already yeah. started kind of working on it. It, it fluctuates. You yeah. Know, it's, it's tough to get right there at the edge, right at the end of the month. Right. It's, it, it, it it's, fluctuates. I feel confident we're going to get there. I, I thank all of you so much yes. for, who've contributed on Patreon. And I also, if you contribute one month and decide, hey, that actually... That was a real good episode, and now I kind of need that money for something. Hey, I get it. You know, like if you want to bump that down to a lower tier, or if you get a stop altogether, we don't love you one bit less. So thank you so much if you've contributed at any point ever, or if you're ever thinking about it in the future. You do you. We'll do us. We're all going to keep doing our thing. That's true. So thank you guys for that. Um, again, you know, actually by that point, if if the monthly model of Patreon's not your jam, still have a donate button. True. Do that. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's we're we're easy like Sunday morning, man. That's true. All right, Dave, it is now time. Yes, the time has arrived. The time is nigh. No, wait, wait, no, wait. That's the New Zealand no. <laughs> the time is nigh. <laughs> we uh, rustle that bucket of Jimmy's. Really rustle it. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Get it in there. Get it in there. It's a big bucket. It's a big Our Jimmy bucket. bucket. Is gets bigger all the time. Yep. I think they're sufficiently mixed, though. That I mean, okay, you couldn't okay. get more mixed if you had a, a a pina colada on a in in a uh-huh. inside a tornado. Nice. Hot damn! <laughs> <laughs> These things are as mixed as a pina colada in a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we we haven't even said why. What what the hell we're talking about? Hey, oh, yeah, number whoops. one, time dilation. Yeah. Uh, time, number two, I'm recording this remotely because I'm just too damned lazy. <laughs> well, that's it. it it's not. It. It's not laziness. It's that you shouldn't have to make a, a special trip just to uh, record oh, two minutes worth of stuff. Yeah, I'm better than that. Check the contract writer, Broseph. <laughs> so these M&Ms better be right, or I'm gonna lose my. Sh- what you're hearing is all the names that submitted votes for this year's miscrypted contest. Seventeen thousand imported Italian twinkle lights. They've all been cut up. They're all mixed up. They're all in a bucket, and yep. one of them is ready to get a beautiful prize pack after we crown a winner. Thank you to everyone for making this our by far most successful miscrypted contest. We had more votes and more participation this year than in previous years and in some cases previous years combined. So and in your wildest dreams. Thank you for that. Um so Dave, are you ready to find out? God, I would love to think that I am, but can we just give it another week? Yeah. Uh back to 
thought we recorded. <laughs> of course I'm ready. Okay. Our finalists this year are Given. the uh, the Puck Wedgie. Yes. The um, uh, ham, trimic, ham, slant, ham Sandwich Slammer. No, that one didn't make it. Oh. The, the Owlman. Yep, the Cornish Owlman. Owl, the Cornish Owlman and uh, why can't it starts with an S? The Snallygaster. That's, That's right. It. Are you sure it's not the Hamtramck sand, Ham Slammer? You're right. I, uh, well, a lot of people wrote that in, but... <laughs> so, Dave, what what is your prediction? What do you think on this one? I, I, I think that it is going to be the... Uh, I think it, it's... I keep wanting to say Snallygaster. I don't think it's going to be the Almond. I don't think it's going to be the Almond. Any particular reason? Uh, marketing. I think okay. the name the least fun of all of them. Uh, yeah, I think it's the puck wedgie. I think it's the puck wedgie. Okay. I'm betting all of my money on puck wedgie futures. Wow. You get Paul? Ever get one of them puck wedgies? Uh, so is, uh, is that your, give us your, your trifecta there. Puck wedgie, then, uh, Snally Gaster, then Almond. All right. I'm selling the Almond short. That's like my thing. <laughs> he's all like, you're tortured you me, but you don't know shit. All right, time to crown a champion yes, for, the for the 2016, 2016 Miss Contest. Over Skype, we can't speak simultaneously, can we? No. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. The winner, chosen by you, the listener. <laughs> you, the not viewing public. Winner of the 2016 Miss Cryptid Contest is the Boone County Wood Snow. He took it in a landslide ride in victory. He also took my Budweiser select. The Puckwudgie. Oh, fuck it, everybody. Every, every single one second. I was right. Suck it. Suck it. You finally got one right, Dave. Yay. What was the runner-up? Uh, actually, you had the trifecta. Woo-hoo. The big mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now yes, now who amongst the 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 the, the living, the reeling, the, the voting public? <laughs> yeah, who amongst you is now the winner of the 2016 Miss Cryptid contest? Flora, toss that salad. All right, yeah, really get in there. Oh yeah, get it all. I've been I've been mixing since we've been talking. Yeah. You hear them all in there? Yeah. All right. Hey listeners, did you see what I did there? <laughs> what? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I, I heard the I heard your 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 dirty mouth reference. <laughs> Here we go. The winner of the sweepstakes who gets a very their very own prize pack, which Is includes that the sweepstakes? What's the difference between the sweet steak? I don't, I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> don't, don't. Stop it. <laughs> Next week, Games of Chance Taxonomy. <laughs> uh, they get a, their very own prize pack and replica Golden Goatman Trophy. Yep. The winner is... Uh-oh. Oh, boy. So many strips of paper with names on them. Hundreds of them. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Matt! 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 
the, the winner is Matt. I don't uh, I don't have a last name. Obviously, I didn't ask for a, a last name because, right. you know. But uh, I, I don't have uh, a last name in the email either. <laughs> if your name is Matt, then you may have won. That's right. So, Matt, if, if you are a Matt and you uh, voted this year, expect an email from us. Yep, we're getting an email. We'll confirm it now. It has happened before that we send the winner's email and it is not confirmed that that person disappears or does not answer, in which case we shall select another. Did that happen? It came close to happening, I think. <laughs> close enough to say it did. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't think you were going to call me up, bruh. All right. We, we'll we'll keep these names and we'll draw a, uh, a runner-up if necessary. Yep. Uh, but... A runner, I'm, yep. I'm going to email Matt probably later on the day this uh, episode airs, and uh-huh. and uh, Matt, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a solid week to confirm, uh, and if I don't hear back within a week, then we're we're going to go with a runner up. Yeah, you got a week, Matt. Clock's ticking, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> So thank all of you, despite the fact that I'm calling you names. Thank you <laughs> guys right. so much for uh, for listening. Thank you for taking the time to vote. Yes. Being a part of our homemade electoral process that, as far as we know, is subject to zero vote rigging. That's <laughs> <laughs> zero vote rigging because uh, I, I would be a very big hypocrite if I if I did something like that. That would be awesome. And um, also, also, if it turned out that you were rich the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good uh, rich laugh. <laughs> uh, also, just a quick note. Uh, Dave and I are, are doing this dirty and on the fly. Um, yeah. When, the we, we like it. when Dave m- moves, he's going to have his own studio set up. So he's actually going to have the same uh, audio quality. Yeah, it won't normal. sound any different when I'm gone. We're just doing this. Uh, quick and dirty style, so because that's how we heard you like it uh. from your mom's. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's how you heard you like it. <laughs> All right, uh, back to back to the normal goodbyes of this episode. Yeah, yeah congratulations, everybody! Those. Thank you for a great 2016 Miss Cryptid contest. Thank you, and congratulations, Matt. Congratulations, Matt. Congratulations, Pakwaji. Oh yeah. That wraps us up. What yeah. what a what a month. What a month. We indeed. We we ended that month. We're we're beginning this one. What a month. Yeah, we are we are busy, busy little beavers building a great big dam of podcast glory. Damn it. That's all I got. Yeah. For this episode of Blurry Photos. I have been David, the Cathonian Comptroller Flora. Oh ho, ho. and I am Dave, the modern portrait of Satan Stecco. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> It looks like the Royal Swedish Library's on the fire. What'll happen to the Burks? Hey, what's that noise? Kaburkin! Bye. Bye. <laughs>